We're back. Today we're covering the usual best performances of the last week, injury updates, and streamers for the week ahead. We're also going to help you figure out who will be the most affected by MLB's crackdown on foreign substances, as well as some of the biggest surprises of the season and which players you should be targeting to help you win your leagues. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. I'm Taylor Tarter, and this is Fastball Fantasy Baseball. Let's get into it. So I'm actually flying solo today, so I'm going to start off with a recap of my last two weeks since we didn't have a show last week. I'm still in first in both, but I lost in my 12-team points league in week nine. I had a couple streamers and Cody Podit and Griffin Canning that didn't really work out, but in week 10, Canning turned it around and had one of my best pitching games uh, of that week. Podit ended up getting hurt in the game where I played him, which was a bummer. And uh, I also had Story, Framil Reyes, Trent Grisham, Max Kepler, and Sonny Gray all on the IL last week. So that didn't really help my cause. I also ended up making a trade to help bolster my outfield a little bit. I sent Eflin to a team for Gallo, uh, who promptly got injured after hitting a home run for me. Uh, I also had Kellenic get sent down in that league. So wasn't a great week nine for me. Week 10 was a bit better. Robbie Grossman was actually my second highest overall point scorer aside from uh, Anthony DiSclefani. And this is a team that has Arenado, Semyon, Albies, Carlos Santana, uh, Kevin Gaussman, Hanjin Rayu, Yu Darvish, among others. And then in my eight-team league, uh, it's a head-to-head categories league. I did a bit better in week nine in that league, winning seven to three. That team is pretty strong, except now everybody's hurt. Um, I am now looking to move players like Freddie Peralta. I was looking to move Glass now until he got hurt. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, you know, it's a situation where I have a bunch of really good pitchers that I'm willing to sacrifice in order to get some other stats that I could really use, like RBI and home runs. And while we're on the topic of trading, I always see you. I'm, I'm in a, a couple of uh, fantasy baseball groups on Facebook. And I always see people posting their trades and asking, who won this trade? And did I win this trade? And my thought is, if it's a good deal, shouldn't both teams win? You know, it should be an even trade. You shouldn't be looking to fleece the other person because that's not really, that's not cool. Um, and so like whenever I try to make a trade, I always think, is this, am I asking too much? Am I, you know, am I offering something that makes sense for both teams? And so my thought is if, if it's a truly good deal, both teams should win. If it's an even, you know, it's, if it, it should be an even trade and if it's not, something is wrong with your league. Uh, you know, if, if somebody's taking advantage of somebody else or there's collusion or things like that. Now, week 10, I ended up with a five to two to three win. My pitching let me down at the end of the week, but I got a ton of help from Anthony Rendon, Matt Olson, Bobichette to win that week. So let's talk about a few players who had the best week 10. You're the best 
I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, and I was totally wrong about Starling Marte, you know, being wary of him when it comes to him stealing as he is coming back from this this rib injury. So Marte in week 10 went 14 for 28, which is he batted 500. He had eight runs, two homers, five RBI, and four stolen bases. He is hitting the ball harder than he usually has uh, in the past. His ground ball rate is is better than normal. He's typically a 50% ground ball hitter. It's 47% right now, but he's proven to be a really, really, really good productive bat. And the rib injury doesn't seem to be affecting him stealing bases. And I also have to shout out Robbie Ray for his last week, uh, his week 10. Even though he gave up three earned runs and three walks to Boston on Sunday, he still had 10 strikeouts in six innings. Earlier in the week, he had one earned run and zero walks and 13 strikeouts in six innings versus the White Sox. Both of those games were quality starts, but he only picked up the win versus Boston. Now, Robbie Ray has typically been a high walk rate type of pitcher. The last three years, he had seven, four, and five walks per nine innings. He's also been very home run prone. Uh, The league average home run to fly ball rate is usually around 10 or 12%, but his career average is 16%. Now, he he probably won't get under a three ERA ever again because of the home runs. Uh, But he's been impressive. Otherwise this season, he's got an 11.7 strikeout per nine rate. uh, His XFIP and Sierra both like him. He added some fastball velocity and he basically has totally stopped throwing the sinker and it's leaning more on that fastball changeup slider combo. And it seems like it's really working for him. His BABIP is pretty normal. He looks legit, and I got to say, I'm totally buying. I added him in one of my leagues. And so as we do every week, we've got injury-related news, so let's get into that. Ouch, baby. Very ouch. So we're really trying to cut down on the time we spend on injury updates, uh, but it's so hard (laughs) because people... People keep getting hurt. So um, what we have today is mostly updates on players who have been injured already. But we have two kind of huge injury news updates. So Cleveland starting pitcher Shane Bieber, he has a right shoulder strain. Now, we've seen this shut down people for weeks, even months. Uh, We have no other news yet, but this is... It's never good to hear a pitcher having a shoulder strain in their throwing arm. Uh, The other really big uh, injury news of this week is Tampa Bay starting pitcher Tyler Glass now has a partially torn UCL. Now, a full tear would mean he would have Tommy John, but the team and, and Tyler Glass now, they're electing to not do surgery right now and rather you know, rather do a wait and see approach to see if, if things heal. Uh, this is super bad news. Um, you know, he is definitely going to be out at least a month, you would imagine two months, but eventually they're going to have to make a call. Uh, he was probably going to be shut down towards the end of the season anyways. Uh, 
with an innings limit. So, you know, hopefully you factored that in uh, anyways, but this is, this is really bad news. And, and if they end up doing surgery, it would mean he'd be out all of next year too. Now, interestingly, he blamed not using a grip agent for this injury. So take that as you will. Another player who uh, his injury kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Kansas City outfielder Andrew Benintendi. He uh, had a hairline fracture in his rib. It likely happened on a throw. He's on the 10 day IL, but I imagine it being closer to a four or six week recovery, like Starling Marte, who had a very similar injury. Uh, update on Mike Trout. He is a month away, according to the team. Uh, so probably back in early to mid-July. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers infielder Max Muncie and shortstop Corey Seager. I would expect both of them back sometime mid to late next week. So keep an eye on them. And Toronto outfielder George Springer is finally starting a rehab assignment. If you've been holding on, hold on just a little longer Unless he re-injures himself, uh, Arizona starting pitcher Zach Gallen. If you have him on your roster, you've been waiting. He threw a bullpen session and a simulated game, and should be back very, very soon. We've also got an update on Atlanta starting pitcher Waskari Noah. Uh, the update is that he is definitely not coming back until the second half of August, and in my opinion, he is definitely droppable at this point. Uh, we've got some interesting news on Chicago White Sox outfielder Eloy Jimenez. There's no timetable for his return. It's just interesting to me that he is able to resume baseball activities now at the White Sox spring training complex. So there is some you know, positive. He, he's moving in the right direction. That's what it shows us. So Something to keep an eye on, a player to watch. Um, Baltimore starting pitcher John Means, he just hit the IL with shoulder soreness. Another another pitcher, uh, which, you know, he was doing really well, hitting the IL with, the, with, the shoulder, with some shoulder issues, no structural damage. I already thought he would be trending worse the rest of the season. This kind of looks like it for sure to me. Uh, if he comes back and has a really good game, I would immediately try to trade him. Uh, Cleveland starting pitcher Zach Plesac, he began throwing. He's probably still a few weeks away. Hang on to him now if you have room. Uh, but, you know, if it's a shallow league and you got a bunch of injured people and you have to dump him, then you got to do what you got to do. Uh, Kansas City shortstop Adalberto Mondesi. Man, I always fade him because of this. You know, he's proving me right with, with the injuries, the consistent injuries. He's out with hamstring issues right now, but he should be back soon-ish. He's uh, taking batting practice, so that's a good sign. A uh, couple Minnesota outfielders, Byron Buxton, he's traveling with the team. Means he could be back sometime this week. And then Max Kepler, he's beginning a rehab assignment. He may be back by the weekend or early next week. So if you've been hanging on to either of those guys, uh, keep track this week. Uh, Minnesota outfielder Lorenzo Kane. Now, he's going to be out at least until mid-July. The only reason I'm bringing him up is to say to keep riding, keep riding Avisail Garcia 
because he is going to keep getting playing time and he is going to keep being productive. Uh, update on New York Mets starting pitcher Carlos Carrasco is not good. He's having setbacks in his recovery. He was throwing off the mound. Now he is not throwing. Uh, if I had him and had limited IL spots, I would drop him now. I'm I'm just not sure at this point what he gives this season is going to be worth waiting, uh, waiting on. I you you never like to see setbacks in in recovery. To me, it's a bad sign, and I'm uh, cutting him loose at this point. New York Yankees first baseman Luke Voigt, he began a rehab assignment. I would be ready to bring him back next week. And another New York Yankees injured player, uh, starting pitcher Luis Severino, had a groin injury while pitching in a rehab start. This is going to delay his return at least a couple of weeks. Uh, he's another player where, you know, like Carlos Carrasco, if – if I'm hanging on to them I'm and, and I have other injured players, I would probably consider dropping him. Somebody I would not drop is St. Louis starting pitcher Jack Flaherty, uh, who has an oblique strain. He's out at least until the All-Star break, according to the team. So uh, definitely hang on to him. Uh, one player who I'm very, very concerned about, and this is the last one here, is Washington uh, starting pitcher Steven Strasburg. So he's going to see a specialist because he has some nerve irritation in his neck. This is really, really bad news. Uh, now, if you are a fantasy baseball fan, you factored in injury into Steven Strasburg's projection for this year. But this is a little bit more, a little bit worse than normal. So um, we'll keep an eye on him and, and keep giving you updates there. Now, before I go to break... I want to give you a few streamers you should be looking to add in the week ahead. Am I streaming? Am I streaming? So I'm about to give you a bunch of names here. So press pause, write them down, whatever you got to do uh, to keep track. So what I've done is I've divided them. This is a really great pitching week, uh, in my opinion. So um, what I've done is divided the the streamers into shallow league streamers and deep league streamers. So for shallow leagues, like smaller than 10 team leagues, I would be targeting literally any Houston pitcher that you can get a hold of. You should be streaming any of them this week. They have Texas, Chicago White Sox, and Baltimore between now and next Wednesday, which are all good matchups for all of those pitchers. Um, another couple good matchups Kansas City starting pitcher Brady Singer and Angels starting pitcher Alex Cobb both uh, throw against Detroit today and Friday, respectively. Uh, also, if you can get a hold of any Oakland starting pitchers, pick them up to stream from this Friday to next Wednesday. They have series against uh, the Yankees and against Texas. The Yankees haven't been right for a couple of weeks, so this is really a, a matchup you can take advantage of and texas just isn't great so uh also grab tampa bay starting pitchers rick uh, sorry rich hill and josh fleming playing uh seattle on thursday and friday this week and then for deep league streamers so 10 team mixed or, or higher these players might be available in your league and are worth uh are worth a stream Arizona starting pitcher Caleb Smith is 
playing tomorrow, Thursday the 17th against uh, San Francisco. And then also on Tuesday the 22nd, next week against Milwaukee. So you could hold on to him for both of those games. Chicago Cubs starting pitcher Alex Alec Mills uh, pitches against Miami on uh, Sunday the 20th, this Sunday. So that's a good add. Angels starting pitcher Patrick Sandoval has a good matchup against Detroit this Saturday the 19th. And Philly starting pitcher Vince Velasquez has San Francisco this Friday the 18th, and I would start him in that game. I'll be right back to talk about some players who may be most affected by MLB's crackdown on pitchers using foreign substances, as well as a few surprising players that I like for the rest of the season that you should add to your teams to help you win the championship. In the last two weeks, Major League Baseball has begun watching pitchers with the highest spin rates to monitor monitor their usage of foreign substances like pine tar and spider tack and other stuff. And so what we found out is that pitchers getting caught with foreign substances are going to be out at least 10 days. Enforcement of this rule is going to begin on June 21st. So what sort of effect are we going to see you know, what, what are we seeing already and, and what are we expecting to see for certain players going forwards? So a few names that you should really, really be paying attention to uh, are first Dodgers starting pitcher Trevor Bauer. Since May 31st, the spin rate on all of his pitches except his curveball have gone down. In three games since then, he's given up 10 earned runs, seven walks, and had only 20 strikeouts in 19 innings. He has a four-plus ERA in each of those three games, and that has resulted in one win and two losses. It's really hard to argue that Bauer is not being affected by the the uh, a grip agent, and I think we're really seeing the true Trevor Bauer in, in the last three games. Uh, another player you should really be watching uh, in regards to the... Uh, foreign substance abuse is um, uh, Yankees starting pitcher Garrett Cole. So since late May, we've seen a consistent decline in spin rate on all but one of his pitches. It's starting to come back up now, but obviously he knew he was being watched closely for a few games and may have stopped using a a grip enhancer. His June 3rd start had the lowest spin rate on all of his pitches out of all of his games this season. And it was his worst game of the year. He uh, went, uh, he gave up five earned runs and took the the loss, but this was also against Tampa uh, and Tampa is one of the best teams in baseball this year, if not the best. So, I don't know if we'll see a significant drop-off, but again, Garrett Cole, player to watch. Uh, somebody else who you should be watching is Cincinnati starting pitcher Tyler Molly. He's been having a ridiculously good year, but the spin rate has been dropping on all of his pitches since May 31st as well. Interestingly, he still picked up wins in those three games uh, since then, but he gave up a total of six earned runs in his last two games. And if you've been pleasantly surprised by uh, Tyler Molly so far, keep an eye on him the next couple of starts as Major League Baseball starts cracking down on these substances. Uh, San Francisco starting pitcher Kevin Gossman. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him 
uh, in a little bit, but he's having one of the most absurd seasons ever. Uh, he's given up more than one earned run in a game only twice this season. That's it. And he's only given up two earned runs uh, in, in he, he only gave up two earned runs in his last game. But that game, uh, that had a dip in spin rate uh, on all of his pitches. It could be the result of not using a grip agent. It could just be a bad game. But again, Kevin Gossman is somebody you should be keeping an eye on if you roster him. Uh, and and one other pitcher that may ser- may be affected by, by this uh, crackdown is Cleveland's starting pitcher Shane Bieber. I, we're starting to see some chinks in the armor. Uh, since June 1st, his spin rate has decreased on all of his pitches. In 18 and two-third innings, he gave up eight earned runs and six walks. But most telling to me was a 143 whip in those games. To me, that's a sign, you know, he's losing some control or command. Now he's he's been hurt. Uh, he's been out uh, for about a week, and maybe he was playing a little hurt over those games. Maybe not, but uh, we'll certainly find out when he returns. Now, there's obviously other players who you should be watching, and and what I would be looking at are players like Carlos Rodon, who are kind of coming out of nowhere with high strikeouts um, that have never really gotten high strikeouts before uh, to, and, and what I would do, what, what I did is I checked uh, these pitcher spin rates on Statcast. Uh, so if you want to do that on your own, that's exactly what I did. Um, and it, all it takes is a little bit of Googling. So um, we're going to wrap up today here by going over a few players who have surprised us this year with how good they're doing. So let's get into that before we close out the show. That Hansel's so hot right now. So the players I'm about to mention have totally exceeded all expectations. Some have come out of nowhere and surprised us and, you know, with how well they've done so far. These are players that I expect to keep going and who I would like to ride to a championship. And I think that if you have them, they're going to take you there. So I'm excluding players who have had a ton of hype, but haven't quite lived up to it until now, like Vlad Jr., Kyle Tucker. We all know what those players were capable of. We're not surprised to see them do well. These are strictly players who have far exceeded expectations at this point and who we plan on riding to the end. And this is also excluding players who I think are going to kind of like tail off by the end of the season. So uh, so first player, uh, I'm right into the end. Cincinnati outfielder Jesse Winker. So don't count on him to hit 300 plus, you know, with the batting average for the rest of the season with uh, Babip in the 360s, but you can definitely expect the power to continue. He has 17 home runs so far, which is already more than he's ever hit in a season previously. But uh, the home run to fly ball rate of 28% is actually very close to his usual pace. Really, he's just getting more playing time this season and running with it. He's not being used uh, as a platoon bat anymore. He's playing all the time. He's also combining that with a good launch angle and a 12% barrel rate and a 54% hard hit rate and a 40% hard contact rate. 
He's also had uh, he's also had improved plate discipline uh, this year. This is a player you have to go out and get if you don't have him. I would bet he finishes with a 280 to 290 average and 35 home runs at least. Another player who you should go out and get if you don't have him uh, or don't trade away if you do is Texas outfielder Adolis Garcia. Lots of projection systems think he's going to go 220 or 230 with the batting average for the rest of the season. But the BABIP is in a normal range. So I think he's going to be closer to maybe 250 the rest of the season. What I like most is his hard contact. He has a 15.5% barrel rate, which is 10th best among qualified hitters in baseball. He has a 49% hard hit rate. He's a 43% hard contact rate. I also think the home run pace is legit. Uh, He's going to hit 30 plus homers. He hit 32 one season in the minors uh, in 2019. So you know he can do it. He has a 28% home run to fly ball rate. That's in line with his 26% career rate. Uh, 16 home runs is tied for fifth best in baseball. His 46 RBI is tied for sixth best in baseball. And those 46 RBI are tied with Jared Walsh, Fernando Tatis, and Shohei Otani. Uh, Now, if anything, with Adolis Garcia, the discipline and the strikeouts could be a problem. But he's going to keep hitting bombs, and he's even going to swipe a few bags for you. The dude is legit. Ride him. You know, he's a ride or die for me. Uh, Baltimore outfielder Cedric Mullins, he's never done anything quite like this before. He's another player where the BABIP is booing his batting average. Uh, But I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes the season batting 300. Uh, He's really good in OBP leagues or points leagues. Uh, He should go 20-20 this season, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. The barrel rate and hard contact rate aren't great relative to you know, somebody like Tatis, but for Mullins, they are some of his best numbers. He's putting the ball in the air more than he ever has. He has excellent plate discipline. He is going to be this year what everyone wished Andrew Benintendi would become. Uh, San Francisco shortstop, Brandon Crawford. I, I've talked about him recently, so I'm not going to dig into him too much. Just know he he tweaked his swing a little bit, and now he's hitting with much more hard contact better launch angle. The power is legit. And I think the a, a 250-ish batting average is pretty sustainable. And this is probably one of my favorite players this year, uh, Detroit outfielder Robbie Grossman. I talked about him earlier. He was my second highest point scorer in my points league last week. Uh, now, he probably should not be rostered if you're in a league that's smaller than a 10-team mixed. But in deep leagues, I am so on the Grossman train. You know, he's another player who I've talked about before. I just love him. I love Robbie Grossman. Uh, he is a product of opportunity in Detroit. And so this is my favorite Robbie Grossman stat. What do Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker, and Mike Trout all have in common? They all have fewer steals than Robbie Grossman. Now, rest of the season, Robbie Grossman bats... 250, but he has a solid chance to go 2020. He's got a good barrel rate. He's keeping the ball off the ground. Good plate discipline. 
Ride or die, baby. Ride or die, Robbie Grossman. Uh, a few more here. Toronto outfielder Randall Gritchuk. Now, I think we're looking at a, the 2019 version of, of Randall Gritchuk, who had 30 home runs, 75 runs, and 80 RBI. Except this year, I think he'll do that with a 270 batting average instead of a 230 batting average. He improved his strikeout rate. He's getting consistent playing time. He's barreling the ball, and he's hitting it really hard. He's actually slightly under his career home run to fly ball rate, which means that we could actually see a slight uptick in in his home run pace coming. He's gotten a lot of playing time with Springer out. To me, you know, it's going to be hard for Toronto to keep him out of the lineup. Uh, He's probably a trade candidate um, in real life, real life trade candidate, not in fantasy. Uh, But hopefully he goes to a team where he can continue to get full playing time. And as long as he keeps starting, you should keep him in your lineup. Uh, Another player who I've talked about before uh, recently is Philly starting pitcher Zach Wheeler. Uh, He's what we've seen is a huge jump in strikeouts per nine, along with a reduction in in his walk rate. Uh, He's been a good pitcher in the past, but never a great pitcher. And now he looks like a great pitcher. Uh, He's increased his velocity He's throwing more sliders, and he's not really a product of uh, of spin rate increase, not very much. I would break the bank to acquire Zach Wheeler if if I had the chance in my league. Uh, Oakland starting pitcher Chris Bassett is another player I like a lot. He has a 9.4 strikeout per nine rate and a two-ish, a low two walk per nine rate, which are both the best of of his career. He has a 272 BABIP, which is only 10 points lower than his career number. And the home run to fly ball rate is just under the league average. And so I'm telling you this to tell you to invest in Chris Bassett because he is legit. There is definite value in a mid-three ERA pitcher getting you a strikeout per inning. He is uh, doing this this season by relying on his fastball slider combo He's throwing a slider four times more than he did last season. And he has increased his velocity slightly on all of his pitches. Chris Bassett is for real. A couple other pitchers who I have talked about before who are, are some rider dies uh, for me are Kevin Gossman and Anthony DiSclefani. Now, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit. I, I kind of called this, I predicted this rotation to be good. Uh, and I predicted this team to be good in the offseason. I didn't think that Gossman and DiSclefani would be this good. Um, even if he drops off a little, uh, he's going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, and, and DiSclefani is a much better pitcher than, than he was in 2020. Um, you know, If you want to go back to my December 23rd episode of the show to, to hear me say it, you can. And finally, I'm going to wrap up here with uh, Trevor Rogers, Miami starting pitcher. I have two two worries with Rodgers, and that's the innings limit and the suppressed home run to fly ball rate. But I love everything else about him. I would be riding uh, Trevor Trevor Rodgers as as far as he'll take me until Miami shuts him down. He is uh, sitting around ten strikeouts per nine right now and has a reasonable two eighty BABIP. This means his ERA is not going to spike too much. Um, it's at 198 right now, which is re- really, really good. 
Now, even if the home run to fly ball rate doubles to the league average, uh, it may only result in a bump to like a high two or a low three ERA. And that still would make him very, very good. Uh, He is throwing a fastball slider change combo. Those are the only pitches he's throwing, and all of them are grading positively, which is super impressive. Usually pitchers have at least one pitch that gets a negative grade on fan graphs. I love Trevor Rogers this season, and you should too. We'll be back next Wednesday with more fantasy baseball info for you. But in the meantime, you can tweet us at FastballPod on Twitter. You can reach out to us on Instagram at FastballFantasyBaseball, or you can email us at FastballFantasyBaseball at gmail.com, and we'll respond. Your questions will make it onto the show, and we'll even shout you out, so make sure to drop your social media handles as well. Also, make sure you've subscribed so you're notified when new episodes publish. If you want to get more info from me, I'm currently writing baseball, fantasy baseball, and baseball betting articles for thegameday.com. So check out my articles there. You'll see a bunch come out uh, for me in July. The Game Day is a great source for sports betting and fantasy news, so make sure to check it out. Also check out creativesports2.com. That's the number two. I have a column there called Three Strikes, and I post there every Thursday. And this week, I dig in deeper into a few players who I mentioned this week on the podcast. Find out which ones by reading my column tomorrow. Finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating will move this podcast up the list on all the podcast platforms when people search for fantasy baseball. So it's something that really helps me and Matt out. And thanks for listening.